my teacher. Take the words of Scripture, write them in my heart, write them on my mind. I receive your word, not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of the living God, and I receive it today in Jesus' name, amen. Now stretch your hands out to me and agree with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the gifts and the callings of God. I trust the Holy Spirit to give me an open door of utterance that I may speak boldly, clearly, accurately your word, that it would fall on good ground, bringing forth 30, 60, and 100 fold, that your word will not return void, but accomplish what you please. In the name of Jesus, we agree. Amen. You may be seated if you'd open your Bibles. We're going to begin with John chapter 3, the Gospel of John chapter 3. I will be uh, teaching and reading today out of the New King James Version. John chapter 3. And we'll begin with verse 3. John chapter 3, verse 3. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And the answer is no. And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So Jesus, in talking here to Nicodemus, Nicodemus being a religious man, And he comes to Jesus at night, and so he really, his intention is to be discreet and so that his religious affiliation would not be threatened, Uh, he would not be seen. And so he's talking to Jesus, and he addresses him, Rabbi, we know that your teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God was with him. And Jesus gets right to the point. He says, unless a person is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so Jesus addresses the need for the new birth or the necessity of a person being born again. Other translations say, reborn from above. In other words, your spiritual life, your spirit is born from above or born again. Born again is not a new term. It's a biblical term. Uh, Actually, uh, I think that Jimmy Carter made it a little famous in more recent uh, days, actually, because he said he was a born-again Christian. Uh, And so, uh, as a believer... In Jesus, the new birth is a rebirth of your human spirit. Your spirit is literally born again. So the new birth, again, is the rebirth of your spirit. Jesus said no person can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. 
And then later, in ex- explaining after Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus responding to that, the answer is an obvious no. But Jesus responding to that says, unless a man is born of water and of the spirit, uh, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So he can't see the kingdom of God. He can't enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So the new birth is your access into the kingdom of God. Uh, For example, uh, you could see the outside of this building, but uh, you couldn't see what was in the uh, interior of the building unless you access the building. You could be outside and you might imagine or you might think or you might um, have some idea of what might be in the building, but unless you access it, you can't see it. So the new birth is an access into the kingdom of God. And then the new birth is an ability uh, to perceive or gives you the ability to perceive what's in the kingdom of God. Uh, For example, um, you are a new creation in Christ. You are born again. You have eternal life if you are saved, if you've accepted Jesus and Uh, you, you are an heir of God and you're a joint heir with Jesus, but you know, there are a lot of people that have actually accepted Jesus born again. They have a personal relationship with God, but they're very limited in their vision of what is available to them because they haven't been taught. They haven't seen, uh, you access the kingdom of God by the new birth, but you are on in an ongoing process of growth spiritually Uh, to see what belongs to you as a Christian, as a believer. And if you are an heir of God, and you are because you're a child of God and born again, and if you are an heir of God and you have uh, the inheritance that belongs to Jesus, heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus, uh, but you don't know it, you're not going to enjoy the benefit of it, are you? And so as a Christian, we not only uh, want to access the kingdom of God, but we also want to see what's in that kingdom, what's belonging to us, what is ours in Christ. And there's so much in the New Testament that tells us what belongs to us and who we are and what we have in Jesus. And uh, many times people are limited in their knowledge of it, their sight or their vision of it. And so it's important to teach. It's important to instruct so that people have a knowledge of what belongs to them in Christ. So again, new birth gives you access into the kingdom, and new birth gives you the ability to perceive what is in the kingdom of God. So he said, that which is born of the flesh, in his explanation, Jesus explaining the new birth, he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Another translation simply says, flesh fathers flesh and spirit fathers spirit. In other words, God is referred to as the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in the prayer in Ephesians, he said, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God is the father of Jesus, isn't he? But remember Mary, when she saw Jesus after his resurrection, he said, I, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father and your father, my God and your God. In other words, he's not only my God and my father, but he is going to become your father and your God. Hallelujah. Through the shed blood of Jesus, Jesus would ascend and 
present his blood in the heavenly holy of holies on the mercy seat of heaven. And through the blood of Jesus and the death and the resurrection of Christ, Jesus would be Lord of our life when we put faith in him. And we could literally be born again or reborn from above. So in that new birth, it is actually your spirit. Remember, your flesh, father's flesh, spirit, father's spirit. So it's your spirit that is born again. Your inner man, the spirit part of you, the part of you that is unseen. Uh, Peter calls him the hidden man of the heart, so he's unseen. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. So your spirit man is unseen to the natural eye, and yet there is a spirit in man. The scripture says there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty gives him understanding. So there's a, there's a spirit part of you. And we've talked more, uh, about this more recently, uh, in recent months, but, uh, nevertheless, just reemphasizing the importance of the new birth and the importance of a spiritual connection with God. And that's what happens. You access the kingdom of God when you're born again. You're now able to see the kingdom of God. The Bible becomes a different book to you when you're born again, when you have a relationship with God. Now, the term born again, we could also use the term eternal life because the scripture says that he that believes on the son hath everlasting life or eternal life. How do you receive eternal life? It's a gift. Wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. So uh, you receive eternal life as a gift from God, but you receive it by faith. We're saved by grace and through faith, according to Ephesians 2. So we are saved by this grace of God that God extends to the human race because of what Jesus did in his death and resurrection. And so we receive eternal life as a gift and by faith in Jesus, we receive that gift. And, of course, we know from Romans 10 that you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth and you shall be what? Saved. So being saved or uh, receiving eternal life or being born again are one and the same. Just different terms to explain the same uh, occurrence or the same thing that occurs in a heart uh, when a person is born again, they receive eternal life or they are saved. Amen. They receive salvation. Remember, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto what? Salvation. Uh, to those that believe, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. So when, when we hear the gospel or hear the uh, word of God uh, preached or taught or communicated and, and we hear that, we believe it, and we receive it by faith, we are born again. And God then becomes our father. And so Jesus taught them to pray, his disciples, when they said, uh, teach us to pray, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven, and so forth. So our father, God becomes our spiritual father. Hebrews tells us we've had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us. We gave them reverence. How much more should we be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live or have life? So God becomes our spiritual father. Now, when we say born again or reborn, that means your spirit is literally born again. There's a lot that could be said about that for the sake of time. I will leave it at that. All right. So your spirit is born again or receives eternal life. Now, eternal life is life. 
The word life is zoe in the Greek. It's life as God has it, according to W.E. Vines. It's life in the absolute sense. It's, it's the life of God. It's God's very own life. So when you believe on the Son, John 3:36 again, he that believes on the Son or believes on Jesus has already possesses, other translations say, has already possesses eternal life. So you already possess eternal life. Eternal life is not something you're going to get when you go to heaven, when you die and go to heaven. No, no, you have eternal life, and that's how you get to go to heaven. Uh, in other words, uh, uh, how many have ever um, gone to a, a show or uh, maybe a show here in Las Vegas or a movie, and they scanned your ticket? Well, when they scan your ticket, then that uh, shows that you have a legitimate ticket. Well, when you go to, when you go to heaven, when you die and you go to heaven, uh, uh, there's a little scan in heaven <laughs> that scans you. And if you got life, you get in. If you have eternal life, you get to go in. And you know, uh, sometimes people, people say, well, St. Peter is going to be at the gate, and we really don't know who's at the gate. The Bible doesn't say St. Peter's at the gate. That's just some tradition or something somebody made up. Uh, we don't know who's at the gate. I'm, I'm sure my mother will be there when I get there. I don't know who's going to be at the gate, if it's Peter or John or I don't know. How about Jesus? That'd be a pretty uh, All I know is if, if when they scan you, you got life, you get in. If you don't have life, you reject. All right. So you don't make it in. So you have to have eternal life to get into heaven. And eternal life is something you have now when you get born again. It's something you possess in, in, internally in your spirit. You have God's very own life and nature on the inside of you. That's awesome, isn't it? You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to get it. You got it now. Look at your neighbor and say, you have it now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Peter. First Peter, speaking of Peter, first uh, Peter chapter one. Everybody say, you must be born again. Uh, Jesus didn't say, well, uh, it's optional. Uh, just depends on how you feel about it. No, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the way, the truth, the life. Some people say, well, that's too narrow. Well, the Scripture says narrow is the way that leads to life. So which, what do you want? Do you want to get in, or do you want to just get, nope, sorry. No, we want to get in, right? Everybody in here want to go to heaven? All right, so. In order to go to heaven, you must have eternal life. You must be born again. Now, here in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, you're there. In verse 22, it says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. So he's given us instruction about our love life, if you will, the way we are to love uh, one another. He says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever because 
All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower thereof falls, and its flower falls away. Uh, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And now this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. He said, this is a word which by the gospel is preached to you. So he says, the gospel is how you got this new birth, remember? The gospel of Christ, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel that simply means good news. Well, the Bible or the gospel is good news, isn't it? It's good news that uh, even though you're a sinner, God uh, offers you salvation as a gift and eternal life as a gift. And you can pass from death to life just by believing on Jesus Christ. So it's good news. He said the gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes it. Anyone can believe on Jesus, and he that believes has everlasting life. So uh, salvation or eternal life comes by believing on Jesus Christ, believing that he died and he was buried and he was raised again, and that he shed his blood for you and he gave his life for you, and he was raised from the dead, and he is Lord. And by doing that, you get born again. But a lot of people have heard the gospel but not believed it and received it. So the gospel is like a seed. It's like a seed planted in your heart. Now, what does it say here? He said, we have received, uh, having been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And that word he describes further in uh, the later verse, in verse, what, 25, 28. All right, so he just, he just said the gospel is, is that word or that incorruptible seed. Now, if the word of God is a seed, now we know in Mark chapter 4 uh, that he says uh, uh, the word is likened unto a seed. And he says uh, some seed brings forth 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And that's uh, actually one-fourth of the seed that was sown that brings 30, 60, and 100 fold if you read the parable. The parable of the sower, in that parable, there's three different souls that don't even bring forth a harvest. Because in other words, it falls on stony ground and different types of ground. And then he says, but then there's some seed that brings forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, is the problem with the seed or is it the soil? It's the soil. The soil is described, stony ground and and, uh, and so forth. And so he talks about the different types of soil and some soil will not reproduce even though the seed is good. Nothing wrong with God's word, is there? The seed of the word is good. It's just what kind of soil it's received into. And really the determination is whether we believe it or don't believe it. So in this case, He's talking about the gospel, and it's likened unto an incorruptible seed. Now, incorruptible seed, uh, some translations say an incorruptible life germ or germ of life. Because in every seed, uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a potential reproduction or a potential multiplication in the seed, isn't there? It doesn't matter if the seed's been around for a while. You could have it in a, in, in a pouch or in a bag, or, uh, and then you uh, decide to sow that seed. There's potential in that seed to reproduce. 
because there's still life in the seed. The seed goes in the ground, Jesus said, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die. He was really talking about himself. It'll, it'll abide alone. But if it does fall into that ground and die, it will have a resurrection. In other words, there's going to be a reproduction. And so that's really what Jesus did in his death. He himself was a seed. And the scripture says God has left us a seed. And so he gave his life as a seed and it reproduced. And, and the scripture says uh, that, there, that he was the firstborn. Listen to me. From the dead, first it says in one, in one place and then more than one. But it says he's the firstborn from the dead. And then it says he's the firstborn of many brethren. Which simply means that Jesus was the first, but then there were many others that were born of the same seed. And if you be Christ, Galatians tells us, three. And if you be Christ, then he Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And not as seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. So he's talking about the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this seed of the Lord Jesus Christ has been then injected into his word because he is the word made what flesh. And the word of God carries this seed or this life germ. And when the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached and a person hears that word, it's like, sowing a seed into their heart. They believe it. They confess Jesus as Lord with their mouth and it reproduces in their life. And this incorruptible life germ reproduces life in your spirit. You've been born of the word of God and of the spirit of God. It's amazing. Hallelujah. This incorruptible seed. In other words, this seed is incorruptible. It is one translation says indestructible. So the confession that we make around here, I believe I received the incorruptible, indestructible seed of God's word. Hallelujah. It is indestructible. The seed itself is always good. And if we'll receive the seed, believe the seed, receive and believe, then God will reproduce in our lives. Now, in this particular to uh, topic here that we're speaking of, it's talking about the new birth. So literally a person becomes born again or they're reborn from above and they receive God's divine life into their spirit. For example, this church, the name of this church is Word of Life Christian Center. And we get that from Philippians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. You shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. So the word of God is described, one of the ways it's described as the word of life. It's also described as the word of faith. And so uh, the word of life, God's word contains life. Jesus said in John 6 and verse 63, he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, these words are life containers. Now, Proverbs 4 says the word is life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. So it could produce healing, couldn't it? So it's life. So again and again in scripture, the word of God is referred to as the word of life or uh, described as life words. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. 
What does it say? The word of God is alive. It's a living thing. It's living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God, again, is a living, powerful thing. It's alive with God's power and life. Hallelujah. So when you hear the gospel, you believe the gospel, you receive that seed into your spirit, you believe it, you confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth, and a new birth happens, and you're born of an incorruptible seed. Hallelujah. Listen to it. It says, having been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So we have this forever life. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's called eternal life. This word of God produced an eternal life on the inside of you that will last forever because of the quality of what it is. God will always be. He's always been. And he'll always be. And so the word of God is filled with this life and it imparts life to you when you believe the word of God or the gospel and you get born again, having been born of this incorruptible seed, which lives and abides forever. He says, all flesh is like grass. All the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls away. He says, but the word of the Lord endures forever, forever. And this is a word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now, let's take this back up to verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible by the word of God. And we'll read it again. Listen carefully. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again. Why is that so important? Because having been born again, you can do verse 22. Having been born again, your spirit has been changed. The life of God has come into your spirit. God's very own life and nature has been imparted to your spirit. God's life, when it came into you, contains love. Part of God's life is love. Part of God's life is the other uh, other eight fruit of the spirit, total nine fruit of the spirit described in Galatians chapter five. So the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, faith. God's fruit comes out of you. Why? Because you have life in you. said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. In other words, you can't produce this fruit if you don't have this life in you. I'm the vine, you're the branches. What is the connecting thing? The connection point is the life of God flows into your spirit. And when you get born again, you get connected to God. Connecting 
with God is not just a cool term. It is a spiritual reality. It is something that happens when you get born again. You get spiritually connected to the vine. You are the branch connected to the vine, and the life that is in the vine flows into the branch, which enables you now to produce the fruit of love. Thank you, Jesus. And so the fruit of the Spirit is love. And so love is a product, if you will, a fruit of your recreated, born-again spirit that's been born of this incorruptible seed which put life on the inside of you and gave you the ability to reproduce. Amen? And bear the fruit of love. So he says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. In other words, while you are obeying the Word of God, your mind is being renewed or your soul is being purified. As you are doing the Word and acting on the Word of God and acting like the Bible is true and walking in love, then your soul is being purified in obeying the truth in sincere love of the brethren. In other words, when you walk in love, you're getting a purification. Now, your spirit man, your inner man was purified when you got in Christ. You know, today we have all kinds of uh, water purification systems. And so, uh, you're trying to eliminate certain things that are not productive for your life and not healthy for your body. And so, purifying, you're, you're just going through this process. Well, when you got born again, you got an instant purification of your spirit. You got born again. Your spirit became new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. The purification process happened when you got born again. Your spirit was made new. Well, but your soul, everybody say, my soul. Look at your neighbor say, your soul. Your soul needs some work. Hallelujah. Your soul is what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Oh, Jesus. Lord, help the boy. God, help the girl. Come on, somebody needs some help in the room? All of us need a little help from Holy Spirit, don't we? In this soul purification process, he said, you purified your soul in obeying the truth, so that is a process. It's an ongoing process, and you're a work under progress. You're, God's working on you. In your spirit, you're the workmanship of God created in Christ unto good works, which God has created. Amen? God's working in you. He's, what, what does it say in Philippians 2? He says, for it is God <laughs> which works in you both to will and do of his own good pleasure. But the verse before says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, you can't work out something you don't have worked in. But God put something in you that you can work out. In other words, he put this life on the inside of you. He put this love of God on the inside of you, the joy of the Lord on the inside of you. You need to work it out. How do you work it out? You purify your soul. 
Your soul needs some purification. How do you get it purified? By obeying the word, doing the word, acting on the word, acting on the word of God. And a lot of what we're talking about, because the subject matter in this verse is loving people. He said, so obeying the truth and loving, he says, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Don't you love that? Love one another fervently with a pure heart. I mean, everybody wants to be loved purely. In other words, without a different motivation, trying to get, the, get something from you. You know, everybody, you know, God does too. He wants you to love him for who he is. Love him for who he is. And so just having a pure love for God. You know, as a, as a teenager, I accepted Jesus. You know, I'd been in church all my life. I've been around church. Church was, you know, somewhere I went very, very tiny. I didn't know much of what was going on, but I went to church as a baby. I went to church as a child, as a, teen, as a kid, and as a teenager. I went to church. That was part of life. My mom took me to church. My father died when I was seven years old, but my mom took me to church. Now, I had great respect for my mom, and as a teenager, I went to church respectfully. I may have slept, <laughs> but I went to church. I didn't argue the point. I may have dozed off, say, been up late, but I went to church because that was a respectful thing to do. But I knew my mom was real. I knew her love for Jesus was real. I knew that she was sincere. I knew there was nothing pretentious here. This was the real deal. So I never had any question of that, but I didn't taste of it myself. That's a whole different program. So when I tasted myself as a teenager... Got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I began to experience the love of God for me. Now, that was life-transforming for me. I, one of the things that stood out so clear to me is that God loved me. Amen. That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? Amen. That as a teenager, God loves me. And I, I started developing this relationship with God based on love. God loves me. Well, something happens in you when you know you're loved, doesn't it? When you know you're loved, it draws love out of you. I said, when you know you're loved, it draws love out of you. And it causes you want to love back. So I was born again. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was experiencing the love of God. I wanted to love Jesus. I wanted to serve Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I want to do the will of God. I want to serve you, Jesus. But what happened was I recognized his love for me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when you start a relationship, you know, I fell in love with my wife. And, man, I love her. I want to be with her. She wants to be with me. We want to be together. Before we got married, we wanted to be together. Why? Because I love her. I want to be with her. Well, I look over here at Ben and Shannon. 
man, they fell in love. And uh, I, I noticed that at night, Ben was in the office late, and I'd be there late as well and taking care of some paperwork after meeting with people during the day. And when they leave, I can take care of some paperwork and get some business done. And so I'd walk through the, another part of the office to drop off some paperwork in the office of people that are not there. Ben's there. But Ben is not working. <laughs> ben is Skyping Shannon. <laughs> and the reason he did it at, in the office is because he had a big screen. He had, woo, Shannon. You know, it's, it's, it's like he wanted to be with her. She's in California. And he's in Las Vegas. But he's Skyping. He wants to see her. And she now wants to see him. Right? It's drawing the love out of him. What's happening? A relationship is developing. What's happening in your life with Jesus? You develop a relationship with God. You get to know him. The more you're with him, the more you get to know him. Yeah. Now, in relationship with people, you find out that you both have flaws. But usually you recognize theirs. <laughs> You've been living with you all your life. You thought you were doing well. Right. But then when you get to know another person, you find out that they've got some flaws, some stuff you didn't know they had, right? When you get to know God, you never find any flaws. Now, you may find some, but they're not real. Amen. That's only your perception of God. And there's a lot of people who have perception of God that is not accurate because God is love, and he's perfect love. It says of him, God is love. That's who he is. So you get to know God, every, every dimension of God. You're going to find more of the love of God, and you're going to find out he is real, and he loves you purely, right? With no hidden agendas, he loves you for who you are. Now, that's the way God is. But people sometimes, they're still working through some process. Not you, of course, the people that didn't come to church today. No, no, everybody in the room. Come on, right? So we're still undergoing this process of change. So he says, your soul, your mind needs to be purified in relationship with people. This purification process has to happen in order for you to be effective in doing what the scripture says. And you said, he said, through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren and see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Pure heart, purely motivated and I am persuaded that everybody wants this kind of love. Amen. Everybody wants to know that somebody loves them for who they are, even with their flaws. Amen. 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 I mean, we all know you don't look like that first thing in the morning. <laughs> I mean, just fly on an airplane to Israel. Walk down the aisle. I refuse to do that often, you know. I mean, it's, 
as far as walk down the aisle. It is a sight. <laughs> Looking at people drooling on themselves. <laughs> sleeping, trying to get some sleep. They just look, they look rough. I mean, when you're just, when you can only lean back this far, stuff comes out your mouth. (laughs) You don't look like that when you first wake up in the morning. Now, in life, you discover in relationships, people have flaws. They're flawless in Christ. Hello, in the spirit, they're born again. They're new creations in Christ, but in their souls, in their minds, in their flesh, they're still working out some bugs. Praise the Lord. You just need a new download. Come on, like your phone, you know, they're always sending you another deal because it ain't right the first time. Come on. So they're sending you another one. It's free. And the Holy Spirit has already worked it out with Jesus. It's already paid for. The redemption is already paid for. The new downloads, what you need to fix the stuff in your soul and fix the stuff in your life, the Holy Spirit has already got it. It's already available through the redemptive work of Jesus. It's already paid for. And you got some free downloads from the Word of God, from the Holy Spirit, incorruptible seed of God's Word, and it'll come into you and it'll fix some stuff, some glitches. It just wasn't working right. <laughs> you know, everything in your life is just not working right. Your love is not always working right. Come on, but you get some download. Holy Spirit, I need a little download right now. I, I need the, a little help from the Holy Spirit right now. I need some help from the Word of God, and I want to be a doer of the Word and not just a hearer. And so, therefore, the Holy Spirit helps you in that moment of challenge. Thank you, Jesus. Touch your neighbor, say, right now. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit is a helper. Holy Spirit will will give you the necessary ingredients. Thank you, Jesus, to help you grow in Christ, purify your soul, and really walk in the love of God and have purity in your motivation, purity in the way you love people, purity in your words, purity in your voice, purity in your action. Come on. You really, with pure heart, are fervently loving one another. It happens in your marriage. It happens in your relationships, in your family, in your friendships. If you will yield to Holy Spirit and yield to the Word of God and allow the Word and the Spirit of God to purify your soul. Amen? Amen. Somebody get something today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher. And we thank you for working in us to will and to do of your own good pleasure. God, the good work that you've started in us, you'll perfect, perform till the day of Jesus and that you are working out your goodwill and pleasure in our lives. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one looking around, moving around just for a few minutes. Perhaps you're sitting here today and you're not sure of your salvation. Salvation is a gift. As we have communicated today, eternal life is a gift. God offers to whosoever will eternal life. Anybody can know Jesus. Anybody can have a 
personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're sitting here today and you're not sure of your salvation, you want to be sure, you want to have a relationship with God, it starts with a new birth. Jesus said again, you must be born again. So if you want to be born again, you want to have a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus, would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you. Wherever you're at in this room, you want to have a personal relationship with God. Thank you for your honesty. Who else here today would say that's me? I want to know Jesus, and I want to have a real relationship with him. I want to have a relationship with God. Would you raise your hand? And let me pray for you. Today is your day of salvation. Thank you. Anyone else? Would you raise your hand today, please? Secondly, perhaps you've been saved. You've been born again, but you've gotten away from God. You're not in a right fellowship with Him. You didn't continue the growth that needed to happen in your life. and You faltered. But God and His mercy will forgive and restore and give you peace again in your heart. If that's you, you need to be restored in fellowship with God. Would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you. 